This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hi guys, happy Friday. We are rocketing our way through December. Paul and I have had another one of those moments when I think I've been here for four hours already and we've spoken and we went, Paul just actually said it. Why aren't we recording? We're recording now. Welcome to the podcast. Hit the record button so we could talk about Vistique. Vistique? Must we? Really? That's what we landed on. Okay, this is the new Cadillac between the Lyric, which we like, and the Escalade, which we like. IQ. This is an electric. It's the Escalade IQ. So there's Q at the end of all. Lyric, Escalade IQ. This is my question. Q, why? It's to leave a bit of mystique. Oh, please stop. (laughs) Didn't the guy guy (laughs) that ruined Infinity with Qs then go to Cadillac and ruin them, and now Cadillac is still hanging on to Qs in their naming architecture? They didn't learn Infinity's lesson. No, but but they hired that guy. Was it that guy? I'm pretty sure. If I'm remembering the, the time frame correctly, he was at Infinity and changed all the... Remember, the G35 was a really good Infinity. And then he changed it to be the Q50 and Q60 for reasons nobody understood. Then he left yeah. Infinity, went to Cadillac, moved the HQ to New York, which no one understood, and then drove that name and convention into the ground, then promptly left. And somehow, in his wake, remains Q. But he got paid. He did get paid. If you're a Star Trek fan... One of the villains of Star Trek Next Generation was also Q. So apparently this is just the letter that ruins things. It's another SUV. Mm-hmm. At least it's not white. At least in the photos it's not white. But it looks fairly conventional. Why do future EV SUVs have to look like gas-powered EVs? If this is the newest, latest thing, it's the fifth EV in their portfolio, the Vistique. Well, be careful, though. In a minute, you're going to start defending that everything should be designed by the like the Cybertruck. Celestique, Optique, Lyrique. <laughs> what? At least Earth? it's got a cue. Now we can sell it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Winter is here, and that means it's time to check your windshield wipers. That's right, old wipers can leave streaks across your windshield and simply fail to wipe away the snow, sleet, and rain, which leads to dangerous visibility. For a last-minute, long-lasting stocking stuffer, look to PowerClear wiper blades from PowerStop. Since 1995, PowerStop has brought performance brake upgrades to nearly every vehicle on the road, and now PowerStop is bringing affordable safety upgrades with more than just brakes. PowerClear wiper blades feature RoadView advanced rubber technology to bring you streak-free, long-lasting visibility in all weather conditions. Forget fussing around with adapters and sizes. Each wiper blade kit is matched to your vehicle to include both driver and passenger side wipers with vehicle-specific attachments. You'll always know when it's time to replace your wipers with a built-in wear indicator, too. Head to PowerClearWipers.com to learn more and ensure your vehicle is winter-ready. We have an excellent couple of car debates for you all. Yeah, we do. Starting with Theodore in Iceland, who is writing to us with the battle of the hybrids. Okay. 
He's been an active listener of the podcast and viewer of the video since about 2022 when he wrecked his manual BMW and had to find a new car. And hmm. I believe we steered him over to a 2014 Mazda 3 with a manual. Which he loves. He had a 2005 BMW E90 320. And he ended up in a 2014 Mazda 3, so a newer car. But he got that two-liter six-speed manual. And I am understating by saying he loves it. He really he, likes he really it, loves which is great. It. Which is why I'm surprised that you're already thinking about switching. Mm-hmm. The current car history includes an 05 Mazda 3, 1.6 liter, 5-speed, an 07 Honda Accord, the CL9. So in Europe, that's the same as the TSX that we had in the U.S. 2.4 liter automatic, that 05 BMW E9320i, 6-speed manual that Todd talked about, and now the 2014 Mazda 3. Back to a Mazda 3. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of Mazdas. He likes those. It's definitely been good for him. Theodore has racked up almost 50,000 kilometers on it, and it's been incredibly reliable and amazing to own and drive. In in just over a year, mind you. Yeah. It, since that's a, that's a lot, that's a lot yeah, of that kilometers, lot. for sure. Yeah, You're right. Since he's looking to upgrade by the time he finishes university, which is about a year and a half out, he's been looking around a lot, trying to figure out what he should get. But his mind keeps going back to his old BMW. Mm. He wants a rear-wheel drive sedan again. Okay. Now, we all may be questioning Theodore's choice as to why he's looking into a rear-wheel drive sedan rather than all-wheel drive, considering he's living in Iceland. There's ice in the name. <laughs> it's I, even, just, I just want to put that out because there. because it's in the name. Ice land. Okay? <laughs> they get snow. They've seen snow and ice. Yes. Well, mostly the cars that he wants tend to not be available in all-wheel drive, and with good tires and winter driving experience, you'll do fine with rear-wheel drive in the city. Just don't go beyond the wall. You can't drive beyond the wall, right? <laughs> Is this some sort of Mad Max movie now? What's going on? Well, they filmed part of the Game of Thrones TV. Oh, yeah, they did. In Iceland, so. Quite a Beyond quite a the things, wall. Yes. You can't, Be careful. You can only drive your car in the city. And then you get to say winter is coming. We're just to have a whole big Game of Thrones it's reference a, here. It's going to be awesome, yeah. <laughs> Ever since getting the Mazda 3, he's grown in love with good fuel economy. And he doesn't want to give that up. Many people don't. But this has steered him towards three particular cars that he wants our opinion on. Okay. Car number one is the 2013 to 2019 Lexus IS300H. Iceland did not get anything past 2019 for the IS. Mm. Second car is the F30 generation BMW 330e. And the third car is the W205 Mercedes-Benz C350e. That's about a 2017, somewhere in there. Okay. And he says, you might have noticed all three of the cars he mentioned are hybrids. The BMW 330e and the Mercedes C350e are both plug-in hybrids. But the Lexus is a traditional Toyota hybrid. Mm-hmm. They're all about the same price. You will all get similar model years with similar amount of mileage and kilometers for about the same price. Even though I don't think we ever know what kind of price you're looking for. So we're just looking at all three of these cars as the benchmark price. He wants this car to be more of a grown-up purchase than the others. Okay. And he's willing to sacrifice the manual transmission, which he loves, hmm. in favor of the more grown-up appearance. It's all a mirage. It is. There's no such thing as I grew up and got a better car. That that doesn't happen. <laughs> Did you see Price of Fun? I, I grew up and got a more I, fun car. I, there you we go. should, but the thing is, you grew up and generally you ended up sacrificing. You got a car that's not as good. You don't need to do that. How about a Cadillac Mystique? No, I'm just gonna go. You know with, they're no, gonna come just, out with that. Just no cues. Nobody just, will know just, what it uh, is. That's no, the whole point. No cues. I know. I'm standing on that. I'm gonna get a shirt that just says no cues. Nobody's gonna understand unless you listen to the podcast. And if they you ask, go. you're gonna be ranting like, "Man, is that guy angry?" Yeah, exactly. What's his problem with cues? <laughs> like, I just asked a simple Never question. Never heard anything like that. Stop talking to me like that. The hybrid, Theodore writes, is mostly thought of to get good fuel economy, and he's not a huge fan of diesels. Okay. 
Starting in with the Lexus, pros and cons, Theodore writes, it'll probably be more reliable than the Germans in the long run. Probably. So you're thinking long term. Better resale value. Interestingly, Toyota has an amazing reputation in Iceland, giving them amazing resale value. Okay. He doesn't have to think of plugging it in to get the benefits of the hybrid. Yes. And he can confidently take it on a road trip across the country. Beyond the wall. <laughs> Winter is coming. Anyway, yes. <laughs> Without any fears of something breaking. Okay. But the cons, the big one is significantly less performance than the Germans and this eCVT that mm. he mentions. And he's heard, and you're right, that it's a much more numb driving experience than the German sedans. And you're right. That is not a car that I would ever suggest for driving enjoyment. But it is... It's, <laughs> you know what you should buy. It, no, I mean, look, it's, you're right. It's going to run well and it's going to be a very nice place to be and it's going to be reliable and you're not going to have to think twice about it. But bought it for driving engagement? No. Car number two is the BMW. Pros and cons is that Theodore loves BMWs. He thinks it's the best looking of the bunch. Okay. It can drive around on pure electric mode. Yeah. And it's probably the most fun to drive out of all three of these cars. The problem is it's probably the worst resale value of all three and reliability mm. can be questionable. Moving on to car number three is the Mercedes-Benz, that C350E. The pros are that it looks great and Theodore's girlfriend loves it. It's her favorite of the bunch, even though she won't be driving it, she just loves how it looks. It can drive also on pure electric mode, it looks classy, but the problems include reliability and ownership costs can be questionable and Theodore knows the least about the Mercedes. Yeah, he's not a Mercedes So guy. he would know the least about what he's getting himself into. He says, now that he's listed all these pros and cons, you might notice Lexus has the most amount of cons, the, the worst mm -hmm. problems that he's identified. But he doesn't care for the performance if it's less. And a more numb driving experience in a CVT kind of sucks. But that reliability advantage that Lexus has over its competitors is a big thing to Theodore, especially because he drives so much. Hmm. He believes the average yearly driving of a person in Iceland is about 10,000 kilometers, while Theodore's average yearly driving amount is closer to 30 or 40,000 kilometers. Which is astonishing, but then the rest of this sentence is so key about Theodore's driving. Mm. Normally when people say, I put a lot more miles in than most people, it's because they have huge commutes. And that, yeah. that has to, We yeah. have to frame the cars we're looking for, for the kind of driving that they're doing, which is big commutes. He's doing three to four times what he believes is the annual number of kilometers for a person in Iceland, most of which is just him taking his car down a twisty back road or into the countryside to drive around for the fun of it. Theodore mm. is, is you're, you're speaking my language, man. You are our people. He yes, is just yes. driving to drive, and he is driving all the places where cars can be the most fun, which I think is a huge factor in what this car is. He wants to hear our take on all three of these cars, and if we have alternatives. Boy, do I have alternatives. Good, good. So do I. He also says he doesn't expect us to fully know the Icelandic market. That's very good. Or what things cost, mm -hmm. but he'd love for us to try our best. Okay. You're right, I don't, because I was thinking, Theodore, I was wondering about Genesis. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I came to the conclusion and the sad realization that I don't believe Genesis is available in Iceland. But Kia and Hyundai are. Okay. How about a Kia Stinger? Oh, that's good. How about a Kia Stinger? You can get all-wheel drive for those times when you're driving up a glacier or a volcano. And then in the city, you've got rear-wheel drive options, too. I'm wondering about a Kia Stinger. Do they have Stingers in Iceland? Because I was looking around for the Genesis G70, and I thought, oh, what about that shooting brake, the G70 shooting brake that's available in Europe? I don't think you can get those mm -hmm. in Iceland. Mm -hmm. I thought about all the others. Even I took your IS, Theodore, pretty far, all the way to an IS 500. <laughs> 
And oh. I know it's not really economical. No, it's not. It sounds really great, It though. does sound good. Yeah, it's, it's got a good It's really engine. fast, mm-hmm. and you'll take it out for a drive a lot, which means your gas bill will go up, but still. A lot. Could you get an IS500? Because if we're going to get an IS, <laughs> let's get the IS. I, I love that you've tossed out the miles per gallon and just gone for the good engine. That's ah, funny. That's it. very funny. I noodled with the Lexus GS. I don't think GSs were available. And then I thought, okay, if Toyotas are really all about that for you, what about GR86? Could you get a GR86 mm, there? Mm. You said rear-wheel drive is fine. Yeah. And then I, you know, I took it further, GR Corollas and that kind of thing. Looking at your list of cars you've owned, yes, I agree. You want something rear-wheel drive or probably all-wheel drive, but that sedan is what you want. And Theodore even says, even having grown up in a mechanical family, he's hugely phobic of Volkswagen Group vehicles. Hmm. So I did my best to stay away from that, and that's why I came across Hyundai and Kia and thought, could you get a Stinger? There's Hmm. many options and configurations for Stingers. They've got lots of power. They are really good to drive. They're fantastic to drive, as a matter of fact, and they look great. What about a stinger? I don't, I don't know that they're there. That's they, my they might concern. not be there. Think, he might be I think they're Theodore not might there. be screaming at me that that's, they're not there. That's my concern is that they're not there. But I do. I love the idea. I'm not sure. Okay, then of all three of these cars, I'm ranking them. I'm going to say Mercedes first for me. Okay. I like Mercedes, and I think that 2017 350e, I think it would be just fine. You're going to have to maintain it probably more than you're used to. But I'm putting the BMW last as much as you're not going to like to hear that. I would say your argument for owning the Lexus is fine and it's good and you would like it enough. And maybe you'd add some sort of small fun car later once you have this for commuting and that kind of thing. Then you drive it less because you'd be driving the the fun car. However, yeah, the BMW for me is going to be last. Interesting. uh, I've searched for Stinger. I don't even... They might not be I'm, there. I'm concerned they're not there, but I, you and I don't agree on his list either. Um, that's fine. But that's fine. Which was the, the, why we do this podcast. is why there's two of us. It's great. <laughs> exactly. I have other thoughts for you because I feel like you reveal some things in here, Theodore, that I want, I want to circle back to. But uh, I actually think the BMW is the most interesting because I think BMW has done a better job with plug-in hybrids than some other car makers early on. I think they did a pretty decent job with their early offerings of electrified vehicles, and those seem to have actually been fairly reliable. I know BMWs have a reputation with a lot of people, and and you've had a bad experience as well of just having weird things happen, but I I feel like the people that I know and the things that I've read about the PHEV BMWs, typically that system works. So I think the BMW is first because the Lexus is just going to run. You're so right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also, my concern for you in, in general, Theodore, is I am worried about you having any of these three hybrids because you're going to automatic hybrid. And the problem that's going to happen there is you've gained size and weight and lack of engagement. Mm. And I think you're going to be disappointed. And I think you're going to be disappointed because you are a guy that drives most of your driving just for the fun of driving. Yeah, true. And that if you if you said to me, I am about to graduate university, I need an adult car because of my commute, we'd be having a very different conversation. But you're just saying, shouldn't I get serious? Shouldn't my next car be serious? And my question to you is, why? 
If your life will allow you to continue to drive for fun, then you should have a car that is fun to drive in those situations. I, I don't care what your age is. It doesn't need to be overly serious. You're not a guy that's worried about a big commute. So I want you to have something fun. So I'm worried about all three of those hybrids for that reason. I, I mean, the Mercedes is very nice. And if you said to me, I'm getting a corporate job and I need a stand-up car, I'd be like, okay, I see the Mercedes. I see mm -hmm. any of these three. That's not what you're telling us. The thing that's also interesting is how much you really like that Mazda 3 which I want to circle back to and acknowledge, not a big car. In fact, that 2014 Mazda 3 was the bones of the excellent Mazda Speed 3, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which was a superb hot hatch. So I have three cars to recommend for you, Theodore, and none of them are the kind of cars you brought to us. Okay, I've given you my listing on the ones you brought, but I think you need to look at hot hatchbacks because you want decent gas mileage, but they get that, and you want fun to drive, and they are that. So the two that I thought of for you are the last generation Ford Fiesta ST. We didn't get that car. It was a nicer upgraded version of the Fiesta ST that we know and love. And our trusted friend Tom from Automotor and Sport, who used mm -hmm. to work for us, mm -hmm. he raved about that generation when he got in it. And he has constantly given us trouble for never having the chance to drive it. It is a nice upgrade of the Fiesta ST that we had. So it's going to be a, a classier car, but it drives even better from what we understand. So the last gen Fiesta ST. And then your BMW guy, look at Mini Coopers. Interesting. Mini Cooper. Yeah. Get yeah. that in a manual. And the thing about a Mini is, the thing I do love about it, you, you could argue, you could absolutely argue, the Fiesta ST is not grown up enough. I don't agree, but you could argue that. The Mini Cooper is one of those cars that crosses all line. You can be a hooligan in a Mini. You can be an executive in a Mini. Nobody cares. People just like the Mini. College professors. College professors, college students. Co exactly. No, totally. This is my point. <laughs> right. I think you could drive a Mini Cooper no matter what the next stage of your life looks like, and that's going to look like you bought a cool car. And it gets you BMW jeans, so there's that as well. And then my wild card relates to something Paul said but is slightly different, and that is the Toyota GT86, the first gen. Could you find one of those? If They yeah, exist. I looked them up. True. Those exist in Iceland, and you said you don't mind rear-wheel drive. Manual, you're a guy that drives for fun. Get a car that's fun to drive. And those, all the things I've listed, the Fiesta ST, the Mini Cooper, and the GT86, my question for you is, now, none of them will run full electric, obviously. But how far miles per gallon are they off these hybrids? 5 MPG? The GT86 would do pretty well. I'm all about that. So would if, the Mini uh, and the Fiesta ST. They're going to be, what, sure, 5 off, sure. maybe? Uh, off the, depends off on how you drive range. it. Depends. Totally, absolutely. Yeah. He's going to drive like a hooligan, but he's going to drive well, the yeah. hybrids like a hooligan anyway. True. So I think you're going to get decent gas mileage, but you're going to get back the fun that I think you as a driver need because the thing I don't want to have happen is you buy one of these cars that you feel like is a grown-up car, and you go from thirty to 40,000 kilometers a year for fun to 10,000 because... This car's just not fun to take anywhere. I don't think you can get stingers in Iceland. I don't think I don't you can think even so get the K5 either. So I am going to abandon that, and I will stick with my list. I'm thinking I'm more of a Mercedes guy than BMW guy. Even I can I appreciate see that. Them. I can see it. But I think the nice compromise is that GT86. If you can find one of those, Theodore, I think you would really be stoked with that car. And... We had that GR86 all winter on winter tires, mm -hmm. and it was just a laugh. I ran my FRS for three riot. major uh, Park City winters on yeah. winter tires and never thought twice. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that's the, the nice compromise. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. 
Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listings anywhere online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and far beyond your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure not to miss anything. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Autotempest is now the official sponsor of all our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. So when you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your next family car or you're just browsing so you can see what's out there, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Autotempest. All the cars, one search. Patrick M. is in L.A. writing about the ultimate first world problem. What I like about Patrick's email is that um, we make a lot of fun of L.A., because we both live there. We started mm-hmm. the show there. Mm-hmm. We go back there to shoot cars regularly. And the way we make fun of LA is just the traffic, just the sheer reality of getting around. And all of you listening know this. And we talk about the 405 because the 405 is worth talking about. This is like traffic central. It's like the poster child for this is what traffic looks like. And Patrick is dealing with that. And it is a huge factor here in this email. Although I have since learned that Texans also refer to their freeways with pronouns. I thought it was just L.A. I, see, I grew up in Texas, and it wasn't a Texas thing at the time. I, but I think now that Maybe Texans it's because all st- the Californians have moved to Texas. Maybe that's what's oh, happened. Oh, good point. Anyway, mm. yeah. Well, Patrick currently owns a Tesla Model 3 Performance as a daily and a C8 Corvette Stingray, the 2LT with the Z51. That's just like our show's car. Well, hang on. So let's just picture that uh, garage for a second. Tesla Model 3 Performance. Mm-hmm. C8 Corvette. Sweet. That is the bookends of modern performance cars, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's sweet. Well, he's going to be returning that C8 to GM due Oof. to some warranty issues. Yuck, that's too bad. Hmm, I'm curious what those are, Patrick. So with the loss of his weekend driver, he's now thinking through his next fun car purchase and has found himself in a bit of a dilemma. Okay. While he thought the Model 3 Performance and C8 Stingray would be the ultimate combo, it did have unintended negatives. His garage only has space for one car. Mm. So shuffling the Corvette and the Tesla back and forth for charging purposes became tedious. Interesting. Okay. Likewise, there were many times where he would simply struggle to take the Corvette out because of work or travel or other life commitments. So while he enjoyed driving the Corvette when he could, it also felt like a lot of money to spend on something he was only realistically experiencing a few times a week, which I think you're probably padding in there. Yes, probably. And then, and, but here's the thing. You're also only experiencing it a lot of the time to do the driveway shuffle. Mm-hmm. It needs to be in the garage when I take the Tesla, but the Tesla's got to be in the garage when I charge it, but I got to get the C8 out of the garage in order to charge the Tesla. And I got, oh, I'm exhausted already. Seriously. <laughs> exhausted. I, and I've been there. Hearing about it. <laughs> I, I've been there. Totally been there. Yeah. Warranty issues notwithstanding, Patrick found the C8 to be very fun, enjoyable, capable. He's a Corvette fanboy. He's owned a C5 Coupe and a C7 Grand Sport in the past. Mm. Nice cars. The C8 is his favorite Corvette to date, but for him, it lacked fizz to really 
what it should be, the forever car. Mm, for okay, him. all right. And then the Model 3, it makes for a swift and easy daily. His particular car has Tesla build quality oddities. Really? <laughs> you did not specify, but you said, they began to appear over time. He finds the car doesn't make the driving experience quite as fun or special as he would hope, but he's had it for five years, so he admits that he's also just kind of grown a little bit bored of the experience, and he might just be wanting to experience something else. But I, I do want to circle back to the fact that this is your daily Mm-hmm. And as a daily, it's kind of been perfect. <laughs> I, I, I do want to acknowledge yeah, that. True, I mean, he's true. Because we're going to circle back to the fact that when he thinks about other ideas, there are a lot of things about driving that Model 3 again for five years that have just made it the perfect commute appliance. It's not fun or special, but it's been great for the commute. They are good at that. Patrick has driven a variety of ICE performance cars and EVs to see what cars could be a good fit. And he ended up setting his sights on finding a well-equipped used Taycan Turbo to replace the Tesla and the Corvette. Now, what I like about that sentence is when I was reading through this email and I got through his problem, Mm -hmm. I really liked the fact when my brain works like the person writing in. And I was like, well, you need a Taycan. And then I read the next paragraph and went, there it is. There it is. (laughs) Well, he says the Taycan Turbo improves on most of the driving experience woes that the Tesla has. I can see that, yeah. While very much holding its own against the Corvette in terms of spirited street driving. Yep, I what are we talking? agree with that. Spirited street driving. What's that code for? It's, it's definitely quite easy in an EV too, yeah. The Taycan is a noticeable step up in build quality, luxury, and refinement compared to the Tesla and the Corvette. Well, mm. that's not hard for both cars, but it feels like a total upgrade to Patrick. Only potential issue with the Taycan is that it's not as easy as the Tesla to daily. Okay, all right. He says it lacks one-pedal driving. In a variety of driving situations, that's what he's looking for. And the Taycan software feels clunky. I mean, nobody can make software like Tesla. Agreed. Nobody. Can. Tesla has their own architecture software-wise, and it is it is excellent. Their UI is superb. You cannot take a thing away from that. Mm-hmm. They definitely, when you drive their cars, it definitely feels like, oh, software people made this. True. The software is excellent. And also- Software people made my door. To- huh. <laughs> huh. Interesting. <laughs> so, okay. Isn't that hardware? <laughs> Moving on. But And also, the Tesla, let's be honest, the other thing about the Tesla is they are optimized for California. No part of me thinks that that Model 3 has been anything but excellent as a commuting car. Agreed. Agreed. But he's Patrick's saying the Taycan's bigger, and he's worried that some of the things that he takes for granted in his Tesla and has gotten used to mm. will make it seem less seamless to daily drive. Okay. I always avoid the word seamless when describing anything, especially when it comes to software. Salespeople really <laughs> like to use that word seamless when, it, when they're describing things that integrate. I think P- Patrick knows this because he put the word seamless in quotes. Yeah, I think seamless. he knew you were going to pick that out. He's like, uh-huh, so it's quote-unquote seamless. Whenever uh-huh. anybody works their way in the conversation towards the word seamless, <laughs> red flags, warning lights, the, the sirens should be going Alarms must be going off because it will be anything but seamless. Seamless, huh? Hmm. Patrick was dead set on getting the Tycon Turbo until one day he rented a C8 Z06 on Turbo. On Turbo. Mm. Uh, on Turbo. Yeah, on Turbo, yeah. <laughs> it felt like it, yeah, anything. He had an absolute blast in the car for the weekend. The C8 Z06 took everything that he loved about the C8 Stingray and turned it up three notches. Just three? I, totally. <laughs> anyway, those point are rookie is, numbers. Point is, it impressed him. Yeah, you uh-huh. got to pump those numbers up. It was a great deal of fun. Patrick genuinely felt like the Z06 could be a forever car when he had it. So he now he's now considering buying one. Uh oh. Okay. Anyway, yeah. All right. I, I see. I see the. I see the problems. The snort, storm clouds are forming, buddy. Anyway, yeah. 
If he were to get the Taycan, the turbo, he would actually be saving money compared to his two-car Model 3 plus C8 Stingray combo. Mm -hmm. He feels like he would be driving a much more exciting car day-to-day, at the risk of that exciting car being less easy in daily driving. He finds the Taycan to be really fun and impressive. It's a do-it-all car that feels like a great blend between the Tesla and the Vet. I totally see that. But if he were to get the C8 Z06, he'd be stretching himself financially. But he does feel like a car that resonates particularly well with him. That is the car and could become a forever car. But it would mean enduring the Tesla for even longer. Mm -hmm. He feels like we would eventually run into the same drawbacks that he has with the current Stingray in terms of the switcheroo thing. Yep. And the take the car out constantly and shuffling around the garage space. And and when does he drive it and all of the same issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh You would just get the Z06 in place of the Stingray, which is... I don't know during the week that it would still, the benefits of having that car would still make you drive it more because of the work and life commitments. It would still sit as much as that Stingray. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. It's not going to get driven more. In fact, I would argue, Patrick, I'm stealing the the lead here, but I I would argue that you might drive it less because Mm -hmm. it's so special to you. Yeah. And you're driving it in Los Angeles where it's going to be less than ideal a place to drive unless you drive across town to the good roads. And there are great roads. There are great ones there. Yeah. But I'm concerned that you would be more precious with it because it would feel like a forever car and therefore you would drive it even less. Patrick addresses this very thing by saying he played with the idea of dailying this, the Z06 to help with the financial things mm-hmm. and to give him a break from the Tesla but he often has to drive in light urban areas in downtown LA and he's mostly stuck in traffic in LA. Yep. So he doesn't think it's the right vehicle for that task. And I couldn't agree more. I'm glad you recognize this. I think it would stress you out, frankly. You're right. It absolutely would. And may I say, don't own a Z06 unless you plan to track it. I think that has to be a part of it. Yeah. Buy one. There's no point in driving. Mm -hmm. It's too much car for any situation. It's too much car on track and I haven't even driven one yet. Yeah. I think most people would struggle to actually extricate what it can do on track. I think that's become It'd be a shame to not. Mm -hmm. It'd be taking your racehorse through the drive-thru and clopping your way through the... (laughs) I'm going to pull this wagon go get some groceries (laughs) with Secretariat. It's going to be awesome. I am going to challenge you, Patrick. I have three interesting choices because you said this is a first-world problem. If we're dealing with first-world problems, we're going to give you first-world answers here. (laughs) (laughs) We are helping the world. Here we go. Yes. And instead of a Tycon Turbo which kind of bugs me because they use the word turbo on a car that isn't a turbo. Yeah, I'm not sure where the turbo is in that car. Oh, wait, there isn't one. It just Mm -hmm. means the more expensive one. Mm -hmm. It's higher performance, but that's all that turbo means now. And I think we need to kill that idea. I am lobbying to just, let's just stop Mm -hmm. it. I know you've tried it out on the Taycan. By the way, this is the company that went 996, (laughs) 997, 991, so the fact that naming convention has to mean something, there's a tenuous connection there at best. Tycon Turbo, because then you're like, oh, well, what about the Tycon Turbo S? It's just a little bit more and 30 grand more. Uh-huh. I think instead of that one, you should go look at the Audi e-tron GT RS. I wondered if you'd go there. I wondered if you'd go there. The yeah. style is better. And by better, I mean better. I am not. You are a big fan. I like the Taycan. It's Mm -hmm. fine. I Mm -hmm. want it to be sexier. I want it to not be quite so severe and leaning towards a robotic look. I want it to have emotion. And the Audi e-tron GT has emotion. It has the aggressiveness that the Z06 C8 has. Okay. All right. In an EV. Yeah, I see that. 
I, I don't know how many other EV sedans are as aggressive looking as the Audi e-tron GT. Mm. And then when you go RS, you will get practically the same performance as the Taycan Turbo mm. for less money because it's only the Audi. And I like the interior better. I like the overall style better. Point. It's the same platform. It's practically the same car. And the GT RS is even more special. Yeah, that's true. You never see those. Than the GT. That's a very good point. I've seen that mud brown. Yeah, I, that, I feel like I, I'm visioning in my head. That's the only color. color I can think of on it. It's like, why'd you do that? But you can get that gorgeous blue. You can get a gorgeous red. You mm -hmm. can get other shades of white and silver. Ignore those. Just go for the color. <laughs> <laughs> Please get a color. Anyway, yeah, okay. So if right. we're considering that and the aggression on that car, especially the RS version of it. Mm. Whoa, what is that thing? You look at it from rear three quarter. That is, that is hot. I That's like very that a good. lot. That's very good. And we have driven the GT, not the RS, but there's even more. It's turbo Tycon Turbo mm -hmm. levels of performance mm -hmm. from without Audi, the turbo name, <laughs> without the turbo name, and for less money. Yeah, true. That's a good point. Yeah. But if we're gonna go gas cars, oh okay, I'm going to introduce this as just a thought for you, Patrick. And that is a Charger Hellcat. Whoa, hang on, what? But not just any Charger Hellcat, because it has to be a special Charger Hellcat. It has to be the red-eye, wide-body version of the Charger Hellcat. The one you don't see everywhere. The one that's super aggressive. So, hang on. You have poor Patrick commuting in that car? Yeah. <laughs> I like the straight face delivery on, sure. Yep. I, wow, okay. Only because he said he actually toyed with the idea of commuting in the C8. You're right. The Z06. The, 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 here's the thing. I will say that the How Hellcat. How base am I? The Hellcat in an urban area feels like, well, all right, scuff the fender. Go for it. Yeah. Versus the C8 Z06. Like, please don't touch. Please don't touch. Exactly. The Hellcat is like, I'm coming for you. I yes. don't care. I think people would want to get close to the Z06 to touch it and accidentally do something to it. Whereas the Hellcat, like, whoa, <laughs> please. It's, <laughs> it's all you. It's all you, man. That is a twist, man. Okay. All right. Because it's me. Patrick, and because we're talking already in this realm of craziness, Teslas and C8Z06s, and I've had my say with the Audi e-tron, I'm going to challenge you by saying, go shop for Ferrari GTC for Lusos. Whoa. Or FFs if you want to cut the price in half. <laughs> but, <sighs> but, okay. the Z06 C8 is at least $150,000. By the time you get it, for sure. And then they're probably going to mark it up. Exactly right. Yeah. And if you want carbon anything, we're talking one hundred and seventy-five before you blink. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. That's welcome a really to, expensive car. Welcome to Ferrari FF prices. You're right. Absolutely. And if you really want the oh, GTC4 Lusso, those are not quite double. But if we're talking Ferrari and the something you can daily, something that's fun to go drive in a canyon, something that is invisible to most people. Fair point, that's very interesting. It is the GTC4 Lusso or FF. I, I do like the FF, I think it's more a raw experience, I think, and you have to find a good one. Mm. Now, the maintenance and the insurance and everything just doubled or tripled and you're going, Paul, what are you doing to me? <laughs> First world answer. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and you said Z06 C8, that is no longer subscribing to the Corvette ethos of Bang for your buck. Maximum power for the least amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. Chevy has thrown that out. It's like, well, no, how about we like ask for more dollars? Yeah, true. true and true. it's going to be spectacular. Mm. But if we're even sniffing around Z06 C8s, you cannot ignore a Ferrari FF. That is fascinating. Patrick, I, 
<laughs> I love when we split <laughs> so far, but I also love how Paul could Paul could easily walk you out of your budget, can't he? He does it to me too, by the way. He's like, so we're here. And five minutes later, I'm like, wait a minute, why am I spending that much? Paul's really good at that. This this is how my friend Paul has exquisite taste. And you start going, that does make sense, doesn't it? You started with my C8. By the way, I, I, want, I want to go back. I just, just real quickly, I want to go back here to the beginning and say that the C8 Stingray, not Z06, is feeling like an awful lot of money for you to spend for something you don't drive very much. And my dear friend Paul took that sentence and wound up at Ferrari. But awesome. we're dailing. The we're Ferrari dailing. you can you're right. daily. You're right. You're the right. Ferrari that you would enjoy at least you're sitting driving in it. traffic. Yes, you would. And taking on a road and taking on a road trip and go chase high miles in an FF, my friend. I love it. I love it. This Patrick, this is really funny. I, I, I did I did not go this route, but I love when this stuff happens. I love that you're captivated by the Z06. I love that you had a chance to drive one. I am thrilled mm. that it rocked your world, for lack of a better way to put it. It just wowed you. Mm-hmm. And it wowed you at a level that the normal C8 doesn't, and you already like the normal C8. I love everything about this story, except for one big problem. Every issue you listed you have with the C8 Stingray is the same issue cranked to 11 with the Z06. <laughs> You still have to do the car shuffle. <laughs> These door panels aren't attached very well. <laughs> These door panels really aren't attached Seriously. very well. You, you still have to do the car shuffle to get whatever the other car is charged. Yeah, yeah. You still have a car that costs you a lot. Now, in this case, a lot more that you don't feel like you drive enough to justify the cost. Yeah. You have a car that is feels like a forever car and even more precious, which means your desire to just go, I'm just going to take that. It's going to be even less, and you're going to feel like it needs to be an event and an occasion, and I, mm, where am I driving this, and is it going to be okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think that car gets driven. I think you are compounding your current problems. I love that you love it. I think your situation makes it the wrong car. Yeah. Having heard your description, I actually think that the Taycan is excellent for you. I'm going to challenge you to get the one with the really, what is it, the Gran Turismo, the one with the really cool wagon oh, back. Sport, that Sport Turismo. Thank you. That is the Taycan that turns my head in every yeah. single color, including the bad ones. Even the bad colors on that car, like, that's a great looking I car. Could, I could live with that. Totally. If I, I could live I, with that's that That's fine. That weird that is the puce business. color is fine on that car all of a sudden. I'm okay with it. Puce, anyway, puke, whatever. The, whatever they call it, uh, the strawberry color. Moving Moving on. Um, so the, the, the Taycan is actually great for you, and I think it is excellent. And I think, yes, I understand it doesn't have some of the, how do I put this this way, the ease of use issues of a Tesla. But because the Tesla, even with the Model 3 performance, Tesla's ethos essentially is how can we take the driving out of your things to worry about? And they've done a good job. But if you even think about how they talk about their full self-driving, that isn't. But full self-driving, all that kind of stuff. Right. The point on all of this stuff is we want to get you as not worried about it as possible. The, the reality is what you're looking for is more engagement and fun, which is the exact opposite impression of what Tesla's trying to do. So I, I'm not surprised. Any car you go with is going to feel a little bit less easy to commute in in stop-and-go traffic than the Tesla. They'll all feel less toaster-like. Yes, in that scenario, they will. be less of a toaster oven. Now, I will say, I bet you that the Audi e-tron you're talking about has their really, really good cruise control that'll take you down to zero and keep going. You may never touch the gas pedal the entire time on the 405. And the interior is fascinating, and it feels like a real car, and you don't need that giant Tesla screen. You're used to it, and it's superb. Mm -hmm. And the software's very good. I think you'd really like the Audi interior. You know, the Taycan, I feel like, is perfect for you, Patrick, but, but Paul is convincing me that you at least 
need to go counter drive the e-tron and see what about this instead. And I also agree it is it's the, it's the more unique choice, especially against the RS. Yeah, it's so aggressive yeah, looking, and I good. know that's part of what attracted Patrick to this Z06. Mm-hmm. Just aggressive and wings totally. and just totally. aggression, but I'm not hearing track driving in any part of this email. Nowhere. I'm hearing Nowhere. zero mm-hmm. track driving, even with the C8 Stingray. It's not. He's not even like a guy that seeks out canyons that much, right. based on this description. So the, the, the big thing I want to land here, Patrick, is the thing that is the premise that started this show, and that is we want the car that you're in every day to be a car that you love being in. That isn't the Model 3. Let's find you something else that you're going to use as a daily. And if that means that your dedicated fun car goes away in your life for a while, the reality is you wound up in something daily mm. that is fun. Mm-hmm. And I think the Tycon does it. I think the e-tron does it. I have a wild card for you. Okay. It is a wild card. Okay. But I just thought you have <laughs> the two-door crazy C8. You'd like the even crazier Z06. Yeah. You have the electric cruiser Commute car model three. Mm-hmm. I think I've merged those better than the Tycon. Okay. Get yourself a BMW i8. I8s are just super cool. Crazy doors. They're just super cool. It is an electric hybrid. It's not a full electric. For me, if I find the middle ground between model three and C8, it's actually BMW i8. That's really good. There's a lot of drama with that. There's a car. lot of drama. Just moving I, still, yes, doors yes. closed, you can, parked, moving. Commute that car, sure. Commute that car like crazy. Yeah. But you wind up on a canyon. It's not the best canyon car ever, but that's not your purpose either. True. So I that's my wild card. But my wild card is you sell the Tesla and the C8 and you buy yourself an i8. My more down-to-earth answer is you sell both cars and you get <laughs> Probably the Tycon Sport Turismo or maybe Paul's idea for the e-tron RS. You could get like three i8s for the price of an I, of, of an FF. <laughs> I cannot it. believe you've got poor Patrick looking at Ferraris. Just go skim. Uh-huh. Just go glance off. Use Auto Tempest. Look up Ferrari FFs and Lusos and shake your head at my friend Paul. If you've got a debate like Patrick's, like Theodore's, write to us everydaydrivertv at gmail.com for all your topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and your car debates. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you guys, as always, for questions. I'm going to start here on Instagram. I feel like we've touched on this before, but I'm going to see if I can touch on it again and do better. He says, when does a vehicle stop being a hatchback and start being a wagon? When he searches for wagons on Auto Tempest, he says uh, the results are invariably littered with PT Cruisers and Kia Souls. What's going on? The reality is in the U.S., wagon has a vacation movies connotation, and wagon is something no one wants. The reality is, uh, look at... The best way I can think of to describe it, go look at European cars. Look at the hatchback versus wagon version of like the Golf or the Ford Focus. The hatchback, essentially, the right behind the rear axle is where the hinges are for the hatch. The wagon adds six inches or a foot 
mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. that rear mm-hmm. axle and then has the hatch. There's significantly more overhang. It is a larger car behind the rear axle to make it an actual wagon. The reality is both the cars I mentioned, there was briefly the Golf wagon was here for a while, but they never sold the Ford Focus full wagon that was sold in, in Europe that looks like a significantly longer car because the word wagon is not something you're supposed to say. <laughs> Dirty word. Don't say wagon. So that's the difference. On Facebook, Jim Nash says in the last episode, we mentioned again about questioning the future of lightweight EV sports cars. Haven't we already seen an example of what might be coming already from Caterham? He doesn't think he's heard us mention this one yet. And what are our thoughts on that? And you're referring to that Project V that Caterham revealed to be on mm-hmm. sale by early 2026. It is a real sports car complete with roof and doors, according to Car and Drivers, right up here. Targeting 2623, 2,623 pounds, 220 pounds lighter than a BRZ. Mm-hmm. It does have a 268 horsepower motor at the rear axle with a 55 kilowatt battery pack. Less than 4.5 seconds, 0 to 60, top speed 143 miles an hour. It's not designed as a Grand Tourer, but it is designed as a sports car. It kind of looks like Caterham's take on an Alpine A110. It does look a little bit like that, And it is pretty. And yes, I'm all about it. But Jim, where's your nearest Caterham dealer? (laughs) Well, and they have to make this too. They have to make it. It has to be in production and available. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is going to be a $100,000 car. So at that level, yes. But I suppose implied in our conversation is something accessible to Mm -hmm. most people. Like we talk about Mm -hmm. GR86s, GR Corollas, even C8 Corvettes. This is even above that in terms of price. And will it be viable? Yes, you're absolutely right. I love that Caterham is tackling this. Mm -hmm. I love that they're doing it. They're even doing it to their 7, the EV7 uh, version of their uh, of their Caterham 7 is already I'm fascinated by this. I I I've said this on concepts before. I just hope it's real. It's hard for me to put a lot of stock into it until I know that we have a chance of actually driving one and it truly mm-hmm. exists. I mean right now that the website says register your interest. It's not it's not put even not even put yeah. down a deposit. It's just I'd like to raise my hand to say yes please build this. That doesn't tell me it's coming anytime soon. I love the premise and I like that Caterham of all people mm-hmm. are the people to come out and be like we can do lightweight EV. I, I cannot believe <laughs> yeah. of all the people I thought were going to do it, it was not Caterham. <laughs> it's true. But on the true. other end of the spectrum, they haven't actually really done it yet. Right, and they're described as a boutique British car brand, and Caterham doesn't exactly have a huge presence in North America. So this I'm, is true, yes. I'm ready for that. But I guess, do we need a huge dealer network for those cars to come? I guess not. No, I guess not. I'm not sure who we sell them, but we could make it happen. There's the, all the Somebody will want to take on a Caterham franchise or something. Uh, right? It'll be out of your local exotic car dealer. We'll, we'll have Caterham as well. Maybe it'll be like your home goods store, you know. (laughs) Home Depot, now with Caterham. (laughs) Bed, bath, at a Caterham. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Perfect. Excellent. Something like that. Ryan is writing in. He's looking at the picture you posted of the gorgeous Seneca Blue uh, Emira, and he says, while he has no doubts it's an awesome machine, he feels like every review of it is a long excuse defending why it isn't better for the price point. Okay, Ryan, my hackles are up, but I'm coming back anyway. (laughs) Here's the twist, Ryan, I would say to you on this. In the 80s, Countach is a leader of what I'm talking about, but Testarossa, F40, etc. In the 80s, fast cars, supercars, hypercars, there was an understandable excuse that it's amazing to drive, but not that nice to be in. That was just Mm -hmm. known. Mm -hmm. You won't Mm -hmm. believe how cool this is to drive. You have to drive it. You should drive it. It's something to aspire to, but it's not that great to be in. 
And then in the 90s into the 2000s, now, same exact thing happened with pickups. The people buying expensive sports cars and expensive pickups wanted them to also be a nice place to be. Pick your sports car now, and they're all nice places to be. The $35,000 Miata is like a three-quarter scale luxury car. It has everything. Yeah. It has everything in it. I blame Lincoln Blackwoods. So, <laughs> you could blame him for lots of things, I think. <laughs> That's but, true. But, but, the, but the point I'm making here is it is unacceptable for a sporting car or even a pickup to not also be luxurious. But the thing that we've lost in that is the more nice it is to be in, the more sound deadening, the more technology, mm-hmm. the more heated seats and memory seats and this kind of stuff, the less engaging it becomes to drive because it becomes heavier. And your lease is not known for being a luxurious place to be. Not at all. Man, is it a great car to drive. Exactly right. And that is the thing that Lotus has typically done. Lotus isn't, just like Caterham we just talked about, Lotus is an alt buyer. And I've Mm -hmm. said this many times on this podcast. I love my lease, but I can't recommend it to very many people. Yeah. Because you can get a Cayman for the same money. And most people are going to much prefer driving the Cayman because it's a nicer place to be. Mm -hmm. And so the Lotus, I don't think it's an excuse except for the fact that you have to prep the audience. And I don't think the Amira, even though it is much nicer than my Elise, I don't think that is a car for very many people. And I still think, unless they put them and wrap them in plastic and it will make me sad, but I think a lot of people are going to buy the Amira and then sell it because it's not nice enough. Yeah. So yeah. the the Amira takes somebody that wants to be that that wants to. We've talked about spectrum or sacrifice for you. Want to balance the scale more toward give me the experience, and take away some niceties. And that's not something that anybody else is really selling in sports cars. All the way down to the Miata. And it's one of those things where once that's out of the bag, you can't go backwards. Case in point is Ferrari. If Ferrari builds some sort of lightweight, stripped down, super duper, you know, very driver focused kind of car, I'm, sh- I know without a doubt they can build it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it won't be the Ferrari customer because then then they're going to mm-hmm. say, well, could we put the Daytona seats in that? Is that an option? And could I get sure. that thing wrapped in leather and that part of the stock? Could I get that wrapped in leather? And Porsche could. Porsche could get away Possibly, with it yeah. because of their GT cars. They could back out and have a more stripped down, lightweight, bare bones, kind of like, wow, there's like a shifter and a steering wheel in here. Porsche, what are you doing? Oh, gotcha. This is your magic. You're working mm-hmm. your magic. Lotus has hung on to that. Mm-hmm. And if they go too far down that road, they cannot go back. And I'll go you one further that proves the problem. The GR86. Mm-hmm. The GT86. You can't find a GR86 review that doesn't say in it somewhere, well, this isn't a really very nice interior. And I'm sitting here going, missed the point. It's a $30,000 driver's car with fantastic seats and a really good shifter, and the ergonomics are excellent. And you know what? It's not bathed in the lever, and there's not enough sound deadening. And you know what? It's a bit crude in here, but it was a $30,000 driver's car. Why are we complaining about the interior? But that is the general market. That is the general customer, is it has to be nice first and then everything else. Yeah, McLaren could. I don't know. McLarens are pretty nice. They're pretty nice. It's a big price tag right there. The T, I maintain the T version of everything. The Corvette Stingray T, the McLaren Artura T. I like the T, the lightweight version of everything. The Porsche T letter used to stand for touring, and now it stands for to strip drown or something. I don't (laughs) even know what that word's supposed to be. Take stuff out? Yes. Anyway. Something. 
Cody J on Facebook asks, if you could create a naming convention for cars, what would it be? Alphanumeric, medium-sized mountain towns. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be the IQ, the mystique, the Cadillac yes, mystique. More Qs. The stupidique. Why mm -hmm. are we still banging on that? I don't understand. It would be some sort of alphanumeric thing. I, I suppose maybe my initials or, you know, that, that would be if it were my car company. But if we're naming conventional cars, I like names of cars. Mm -hmm. That's why I like Cayman. I like Boxster. I like the names of cars because it endears you to them. Agreed. Agreed. And if we're going to do alphanumeric, those alphanumeric, whatever that is, would precisely reflect what the performance <laughs> metric that car is about. It would connect to something. Cadillac, again, with their... 400 or their 600 escalate they what round is, up what does the 600 mean no that this is this is how stupid mean? that got they round up the nearest 50 from the newton meters of the torque which means it essentially is just a badge it's just a badge and the germans used to do that in the 80s mm -hmm. when you had the 7 series and the 740 and okay it's the 7 series model and i know exactly what engine it's got the yep. 3 liter engine in it no okay that yep. that matches and then amg started to do the well it's the amg 63 but it's got the engine from the 65 and it's actually got 800 million horsepower and we're kind of away from the naming convention but customers will buy it because you know amg and then porsche decided to make an electric turbo yes so it's porsche just, came along yeah. turbo mm -hmm. and turbo s and mm -hmm. oh so it's got a mechanical device with veins on the thing and it spins nope. it no it does not no Cody's other good question is which brand could go away and we us enthusiasts would lose very little which major brand with five plus cars could go away see I was gonna say Mitsubishi but do they sell five plus cars anymore five mm. plus actual cars I still don't know why Lincoln's hanging around they have come back ish Ish. Well, and all they sell is SUVs, so you're right. A car enthusiast wouldn't care. You're absolutely right. Yeah. What is Lincoln doing for us? What, when you think SUVs, and I want a luxurious, high-end, expensive SUV, what pops to your mind? Us, audience, enthusiasts, everybody listening, dear listener, what pops to <laughs> mind? No, no, you're thinking Cayenne, Rangy. You're thinking even Bentley Bentega before you think Lincoln. I'm standing on the Mitsubishi. I just looked it up. They have the Mirage. They have the Eclipse Cross, the Outlander Sport, the Outlander, and the PHEV. I'm just under the wire I start with to enough cars from Mitsubishi. That is wonderful because I've started to see more Mitsubishis around, and I'm just thinking, what infected your brain? How many cars did you walk past to <laughs> wind up with the Mitsubishi? They give good deals. This is why they have it. Was it was a street they, they walked past. They had a lot a of deals. Fleet of dealerships. Clayton is asking, where and how do I shop for a racing helmet? You need to decide if you want open face or if you want a full closed helmet. We have to shop open, open face a lot because ideally you want to see us on camera. So that's a thing that we think about. But otherwise, open face, closed helmet doesn't really matter. Make sure that it has the proper ratings, though. That's the big thing. You've got to get the, uh, the Snell rating and a recent Snell rating because that matters when you actually go on track. And you can find them everywhere. You can find them at Amazon. You can find them at Winding Road. There's a company called Wine Country Motorsports. Yeah, there's we like Wine lot, Country Motorsports. There's a lot of places yeah. that will sell them to you. Obviously, if you go to a specialty store, they're going to be like Wine Country, for example, or Winding Road even. They're going to be able to help you if you are a newbie buying a helmet. You mm -hmm. go to Amazon, it's just good luck. Thank you again for all your questions. We really appreciate it. Write to us when you're thinking of something, you see a cool mm -hmm. car, you see a not cool car, and you think, oh, the guys would laugh at that. <laughs> we probably would. <laughs> we yes. love hearing from you. We're always looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.